Uh, Deb Hutton is here because it's time for the morning brief. We're learning stuff as we go, Deb. Yeah, apparently. I just, uh, I had tires changed and I dutifully went back after 100 kilometers and got them torqued. Okay. So now I feel good. Yeah, no, and uh, already I don't know why, but um, I keep getting notifications that my tires are underinflated. And every time I change them, they're still underinflated. But and let's keep going. So, uh, new report recommending multiplex housing in every neighborhood. Perhaps not surprising. I think it's a great idea. Let the nimbyism begin, John, because that's what this is all about. I also think it's a good idea. You can't say uh, that we desperately need housing in all areas of the city and then say, but no, not in my backyard. And that's essentially what has happened. Uh, what, what do they call this? The missing middle. Somewhere between the big, big high rises that we see mostly downtown or in North York, uh, in, in the old Mel Lastman area and the single dwellings that so many of us live in. And so I think it's a great idea. I do wonder, though, if there needs to be some process put around it. And this is not me being a NIMBY, but perhaps starting with a certain proximity from our major transit line. So if you live within a certain number of blocks of the York Mills subway or the Keel station, then you automatically can have on any single lot up to four plexus going forward. Okay. Um, CSIS warning that the uh, pandemic has effectively been sort of the MSG of conspiracy theories. Not particularly surprising, I, I, I think. I mean, conspiracy theories, I've been tracking them for the last 20 years, and I cannot believe how much currency they have now. But with COVID, then we got into all the medical conspiracy theories and the uh, vaccine conspiracy theories. And then we have this sort of Deb even-handedness where we're supposed to give some kind of consideration to conspiracy theories as if they're logical. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a couple of things happened in the pandemic. And, and one is that governments throughout the world, here in Ontario in particular, became very, very interventionist in a way that none of us, I don't think, could have predicted. So I think that also on top of the, the medical issues that you talked about um, spurred it. But for whatever reason, I, I've really in the last few weeks, I don't know if it's spring, I, I don't know what it is, but I have had so many flashbacks to that time. I took my daughter to the playground and, and I had the flashback of the yellow tape that was around our playgrounds. Like, in what world is that normal? I went to Ikea for the first time in I don't know how long, and there still on the pavement were those circles that you sort of wound your way closer to the door, step by step, six feet apart. You know, I, I was putting my daughter's backpack together the other morning, as I do every day, and I had this, uh, this flash to having to sign believe it or not, what we called a passport, John, every single day for both my girls to attest to the fact that they didn't have a runny nose, essentially. Mm. Like all those things have come back to me in the last little while. And I think, how did we not all go crazy? How did we not all wonder what was wrong with our governments when that's how we lived and we all accepted it for how long? There's a new organization that's going to delve into figures who are honored in Canada with streets and buildings and all kinds of other things and effectively weigh in on whether or not we need to reevaluate them. And principal amongst these people would be Sir John A. MacDonald and Mr. Dundas. 
Yeah, Langevin, that's another one. Yes. Listen, I love this. I only wish I had thought of it. Uh, Gord Walker, who's a, a former politician and a, a all-around great guy, someone I've known since I started out in politics eons ago, thought of this and, and is part of the founding uh, group for this. I love it because I have always, always despised the notion that we somehow can erase history by changing names, by tearing down statues, by taking books out of out of our school system. I just absolutely reject that as as the notion uh, that that is in the best interest of all of us learning lessons. So I am all for this and I'm going to send Gord Walker a note after we get off the show. I'm going to be very interested to see how they proceed, actually, and and so you know what kind of slide rule they bring to individual people because, you know, Sir John McDonald is a pretty conflicted figure, even if he is our founding father. But it's not even if he is; he is a founding father. Like he is, and the notion, Longevin, another one, as I said a minute ago, the notion that we're just we're not going to uh, have statues, and we're and we're not going to learn about this individual for the good things they did, albeit with the other pieces, I, I think is just crazy, and we've gone too far on this. So I'm very excited for this. I I hope that they actually are able to to turn. Some things around. I mean, already in this mayor's race, uh, we're talking about not renaming Dundas. I think that's a good first stop. Han Dong, who's a uh, an MP formerly with the Liberals, he was ousted from the caucus, has filed a lawsuit against uh, Global News. And Deb, the real takeaway I have in this story is normally when somebody has a scoop, other media outlets are able to figure out, okay, yeah, you know what, that is absolutely true. We can prove this too. That has not happened. So there could be some real danger here. Yeah, this is uh, fascinating. It uh, it does, I think, uh, put a bit of a chill around reporting with our, our uh, legacy media outlets because, it, you know, you, you, there are standards, there are rules where you say, how many sources do I need if, if they're anonymous? You know, what, what do I need to put into a story before we air it or before we print it? And Global seems to say, in this case, it's Global, that they, they followed those sort of journalistic standards. And yet they're faced with a lawsuit. So it will be so interesting uh, to see how this goes, whether it's settled out of court, which I think may be the likely scenario. But it's around a a handful of conversations, one in particular that Handong had with the Chinese consul general, and it was in Mandarin. So it's an added twist, I think, because you're making uh, some judgments based on translating a conversation. Yeah, and I've also heard, and I know nothing about uh, Mandarin, but uh, that there may be an incredible similarity between the words that would say you need to hold these people and you need to get rid, you know, free these people. One last thing for you: um, government apparently on the hook for about thirteen billion dollars to get Volkswagen to settle in Ontario. Is it worth it? Oh, my gosh. I'm so conflicted on this. And let's be clear. That's the the federal share. We haven't yet. Maybe we'll learn more today because I, I know everyone's down in St. Thomas. Um, but that's just the federal share. For those of us in Ontario, we got another big bill coming uh, for the provincial government. I'm almost positive. Listen, I've never liked corporate welfare. I know that's out of step with what a lot of jurisdictions say you have to do. I've always believed if you have a good tax climate, if you are supportive and open uh, to, to governments, um, you know, supporting in in any way they can without direct money, picking winners over losers. That's the better approach. 
But I know that this is a huge, huge deal and that it will have, uh, it will change uh, our auto industry, in particular our green auto industry. But man, it seems like a heck of a lot of money for something I just, in my gut, don't believe in. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm. I, you and I are on the same page. I think I'm t- totally split on this because these are great union jobs with pensions, and they're going to pay taxes. But thirteen billion dollars to a company that already turns a profit is uh, kind of flies up the nose. Deb, thanks a lot. Have a great day, John. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers, now a communications advisor.